You've tuned into the Are You Screening podcast, originally live and an effort to bring you instant reactions to films. We try to stick to that theory and bring you unedited, unfiltered, and largely off-the-cuff opinions of movies, along with interviews, industry news, and hopefully a lot more. Thanks for listening, and let's get right to this week's episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Are You Screening podcast. I am your host, RUScreening.com's own Mark Eastman, and with me, as always, is co-host extraordinaire Shane Leonard. Hello. And uh, this week, it's a mad dash. We'll do to whatever we can. As many things as we can get to, I, I'm going to say it's our it's our quest right before too many award shows actually happen. Get before us, yeah. To cover as many things as. Uh, we possibly can that are going to be mentioned, right? You, you know, by right. those awards. Then we'll get all and, the others, and then uh, some other things that uh, we haven't been able to cover throughout the year, and like our you lists. Know, whatever else. Because exactly because it's we coming. have to get to our lists. <laughs> yeah, I love uh, it. And <clears throat> tell the truth. You, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, tell I the love truth because no. no <laughs> last year we did our lists late, but there there was reasons for that. Yeah, but people were emailing you about us and they were if i remember right kind of feverish about us getting to the lists yeah tell the truth you put they, off they, the list got to just the to point. antagonize them a bit because yeah, no. you know they love it and the, you do not because i know that they know that i don't <laughs> like, like lists. It. yeah uh no but we might end up doing the same again thing, i know it's uh, weird this year because there's just too many movies to cover uh but once we do get to the list yeah. Every year we do the list, and people have emailed in the past about this, but every year we do the list, and there's at least a couple mm-hmm. that show up on the list that we never did Yeah, on the show. I try there, to keep there's mine. There's usually like one or two. You do well, yours pretty. You, you do yours. Usually do you yours. actually do a really good list because you're like, everything I've seen, and I see everything. Right. And then I try to stick to, unless there's something really amazing, I try to stick to only the stuff we did. And not even the right. stuff I saw on my own, just the stuff we did for the show. Right. So I, th- I feel like people get a general sense. Right. Um, but but uh, but so this year, uh, and we're you know we're trying to get through everything. Yeah. And we're uh, doing tons of movies, but we don't want to end up getting to <laughs> getting to our list. Right. Having to be uh, kind of compromised in a way yeah. because we haven't covered everything right. in the show. Right. But this is a strange year in many ways, and I've already said this, but it's a strange year because it really seems like it's only the same five or six movies that are nominated for everything. Right. Uh, That strangeness is compounded by the fact that I didn't like a lot of them. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So that's going to mess with your list, right? Yeah. Um, but also just there's so much stuff to get through at the very end yeah. and there always is, but it just seems like this year, especially, you know, there's like 15 movies coming out on Christmas day right. just so that they, right. <laughs> just this blitz, just so that they can have one screening yeah. and it's true. Count it's true. It's kind of wild. And you've got other things where, um, you know, uh, movies are coming out, but the cast has suddenly changed. Right, and, right. And that's uh, maybe hindering our ability to do things and release movies and have screenings of the movies in a timely fashion right, and right. stuff like that. So anyway, it's a decidedly crazy year. But we have uh, several things we're hoping to get to uh, today. <laughs> this is an ambitious one. Yeah, we've got uh, Darkest Hour, yep. which obviously everyone's talking about. But I think that is a movie where the nomination process can get a little weird when people talk too much about certain things, right? right. When you have a movie like Darkest Hour and really early on, everybody starts talking about best actor uh lock yeah <laughs> not absolutely a lock but he's a uh, people are yeah. really screaming for gary oldman yeah then all of a sudden sometimes the movie <laughs> itself sort of falls away right <laughs> <laughs> right all of a sudden nobody thinks the movie's that great nobody's right. talking about but damn obvious, he was yeah. uh, best movie it's weird how that happens it in is. the uh the conversation you know ebbs and flows and Odd things happen sometimes. But yeah. anyway, uh, Darkest Hour, uh, hopefully the post. And uh, we got to do Bright uh, because that's awesome. That's big. Fantastic. Yeah, there and, you go. And uh, Netflix uh, release, I think it came out like 
four or five days ago. It was like yeah, it was pretty. It was twenty third like or something. It was close. Uh, and and man, the internet just exploded with that movie. All of a sudden, everyone is talking about Will Smith. Um, and you know, I can't. It, the orc eludes me. Uh, it's uh, Joel uh, Edger- 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 Edgerton. Edgerton. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then potentially even some other ones. Right. Right. <laughs> and, we'll see what we get to. Who knows? Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and and so definitely not enough time to talk about news uh, because th- we just got to get through movies. But uh, <laughs> but I did I did want to mention uh, I wanted to mention before Mark Hamill uh, talking about Luke Skywalker and that was all. Uh, you know, everyone was talking about that for a while, how he said some negative things about yeah. uh, Luke Skywalker and the movie and the direction that the character took and everything. And now, yeah. like just, I think, yesterday, all of a sudden Uh-oh. he, he kind of walked it all back and he was trying to... Did he? He, he was trying to kind of apologize-ish for saying things. And, you know, so now everyone's talking about that. And there's some, you know, he, he has some quote that everybody's quoting about how... You know, every movie has, uh, you know, you have differences in, mm-hmm. in what you think should happen and what your character and blah, blah, right. blah, blah. And it all comes down to basically he said, uh, you know, Luke Skywalker wouldn't do that. Right. More or less. Right. right? Yeah, Luke Skywalker wouldn't that. be that guy. Yeah. Luke Skywalker, you know, the Luke that I played right. for three movies. Right. Uh, and, you know, obviously talked extensively with George Lucas mm-hmm. about whose character it is right. and all that stuff, right? Um, that He would not turn into this guy, right. no, no matter what happened, which I thought was kind of awesome because shortly before he said that, I said it right. on our show. <laughs> right. So I thought that right. was cool. Um, and so now he's kind of, you know, walking that back, basically. Right. He's like, uh, you know, every movie has creative differences about blah, 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 blah. Right, right. And uh, and I think that sucks because he's completely right. He is and, right. Uh, and, you know, as soon as he did it, there was, first of all, people were agreeing with him. The internet yeah. was, you know, on every side of that issue. Uh, but, you know, people were sort of giving him some shit about it, too. Yeah. And, and it's uh, just because you're the actor, you know, you're not in charge of the character. And, and I think, you know, that's true right. to a certain extent, right? But if there is a case anywhere of the actor being in charge of knowing the most you can know about the character, it's got to be him and Luke yeah. Skywalker, yeah. right? I mean, he, he didn't. he's not just making that up because he doesn't know who George Lucas is. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> I mean, he was there when nobody knew who George Lucas was. Right. And they were making this character basically together. It's not like George Lucas like wrote a book 10 years right. before the movie version, yeah. right? I mean, it's like they <laughs> they were both basically making up the character yeah. while making the first movie right. and, you know, went th- I mean, nobody knows Luke Skywalker better than Mark Hamill. And I'm thinking even George Lucas. Right. <laughs> yeah. There's there was and, something and if, and if he says Luke Skywalker wouldn't do this. Right. I, I, I trust Luke Skywalker. I trust Luke. The I want two shirts. I want hand shot first, <laughs> and I trust Luke. You know, I think that when when the film came out, he he was quiet until it came out, and he didn't just bandwagon on everybody else. He reserved himself. I think he's an incredible professional, but I also think he did two statements. One is. I don't believe Luke. I don't necessarily agree with Ryan Johnson, but I did my job because right. I was supposed to do his version of Luke, so I did the best that I could. That, I don't think, got him in trouble. I think when he consistently and consecutively brought up George, who people want to distance themselves from, especially Disney, right, and kept saying, I wish they would have listened to George's story. I wanted his version of what happened next for these characters was really interesting. Right. I think that's what got him in trouble. And I think Disney is now not seeing the wild profits that they thought they were going to get from such a shoe in movie. And I think they're looking and thinking maybe Mark Hamill is suddenly like Josh Whedon on internet right. and can like muster right. or Neil Gaiman and can muster people to like great forces. Right. I, I think people might passively agree with Mark or disagree with him, but I don't think it's driving ticket sales. What's driving ticket sales up or down is the word of mouth from fans, not, oh, did you hear what Mark Hamill said? But right, right. he's the whipping boy for well, it. And I think and, it's because I think of this would, second statement. I think statement. it would be different, too, if he started, if he started 
uh, saying this stuff like before it ever came out. You know, yeah. it was like three or four he months had hinted, ago. Right. He had hinted and he a weird thing. really, you know, bagging on the movie. Yeah. Then you might say, well, look, right. you the, know, there's been all this time. But now that it's after, it's already, right. you know, then it out. seems a little safe. And But I mean, there was something he was saying. He wasn't giving anything away. He had like a bit of an embargo on things, obviously. But there was something he was saying that was uh, akin to um, it'll be real interesting to see if the audiences react to this version of Luke. You know, and he had dropped a bunch of hints about um, things that he would not believe the fans, that the fans would get behind. And and he was right. You know, he actually had good instincts for these things. There's one video, there's one video interview of Mark Hamill with someone um, and they're talking about Star Wars. And he he has a story where he's surprised because he lost a trivia game with some fourth grader. And and I gotta tell you, I I'm pretty I'm pretty knowledgeable about Star Wars, but not in the expanded universe, not in all the cartoons, not in all the minutia. I can't tell oh you man, what General so Grievous's first name is. Yeah. I don't know what you know color his fingernails are. I there's so many details about so many things. I know the movies, you know, and and in some way that's enough to to carry me by. But I'm not surprised that Mark Hamill lost a trivia contest to some fourth grader <laughs> when the question might have been, you know, before, you know, before Luke Skywalker married Mara Jade, what was her lightsaber color? You know, and I'm like, oh, my God, I would I would never know that. Oh, you know, at this point, you could have you could Star ask Wars anything questions that what's Chewbacca's no parents middle name? Whatever, you know, yeah. it reminds me of the Christmas story where he's like, what's the Lone Ranger's <laughs> nephew's horse? Yeah. You know, and she's like, everybody knows that. Yeah. And he's like, really? I, I don't know that. What's going on? So anyway, yeah, so that's Star Wars. Uh, anyway, I just thought it was uh, interesting that now all of a sudden he's... Uh, we should get him on the know, podcast and yeah, have him validate we'll, us. We'll, we'll validate him. For sure. Okay. All right. So uh, jumping into movies uh, as fast as we can. Um, I, I really want to get into Bright. We've got more interesting yeah? movies okay. to do. Let's uh, do it. We should definitely get to Darkest Hour and The Post because they're both huge. The Post... Yeah, they're big. Is the post is a weird the the post is this year's movie no one had to see right for <laughs> uh, for nomination uh, I mean it really was nominated you know ages before it ever came out right. everyone was talking about it it's got all the names you could ever want it's got all the names and uh, that's for sure and, and really before anyone Seriously. was ever trying to convince you that it was good mm -hmm. in any way mm -hmm. they were trying to convince you that it needed to be nominated right they weren't even telling you why but everyone was talking about it. so that's you know the most years you have one of those yeah. or <laughs> or something and that's this year and so we got to get to that but uh, everyone's talking about Will Smith and Bright, and I think it's hilarious. So, uh, <laughs> so we'll do Bright. I, so I want to get to that one. Okay. Uh, and <laughs> and it's, it's on Netflix right now. You, you know, right? It's yeah, not, we it's didn't not even a, have to go. It's, it's not a theatrical release movie. It's just a Netflix original. Yep. Um, that they, you know, Netflix, which is, is kind of cool. Netflix is trying to kick out tons of movies. Yeah. And uh, they want a bunch of original movies, and they. Uh, I think have a five-year plan to uh, be more in charge of Khan than Khan, I think, right. at this point. Because right. Because Khan said no, and Netflix said, oh, yeah. <laughs> Guess what? Yeah, <laughs> right. Netflix said, what if we just destroy all theaters? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> and right. then change right. your rules we'll that you. way. Uh, anyway, so, Bright, um, I, I give this one um, – I give this one a two. I was pretty close to and, that. Uh, and I, I, feel, I feel like it's a – hello. It's a, yep. it's a strange two, right? Because uh, I hate the movie a whole lot. I had you at two and a half. Um, but it, there, there was a little bit of like goofy fun to it at least, right? Yeah. And I think one of the – oddly one of the things that – you know, kept me from giving this zero because I was mm -hmm. rolling my eyes at the whole. You hated movie the whole thing. It was, wow, it was so goofy, and uh, I mean, the acting was goofy. Mm -hmm. Everything about the writing was really goofy. Yeah. Everything about the writing was like uh, I don't know how to get to point C. Right. <laughs> so point B is right. like some magic thing, right? Or or <laughs> yeah. something that can't really possibly happen. Or right. uh, you know. 
we have to have the orcs like catch them and take them to this place. Mm-hmm. So they magically appear where they Wherever could not it, possibly yeah. have known that they would be there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And everyone else is chasing them in the whole universe. Really. Right. At this, Literally. At this point, yeah, no, everyone you're right. is chasing yeah. them. And yet uh, some orcs just stumble onto them or what? It was such a goofy. Yeah. It was such a turning point in the movie for me, that one yeah. spot. I was like, oh, so just anything. Why don't they just like trip and fall into that church and then <laughs> right, suddenly find right. themselves there? Right. It was anyway, it was it's it's completely bonkers. But the one thing that I think kind of at least kept me going a little bit to give it a two, which is still horrible. So it's, it's not like good. it's not yeah. a great thing. Was that it was a very weird kind of not taking yourself very seriously, even though you're kind of like being serious. So it was like this whole weird kind of balance. I don't know. Uh, Anyway, that's I won't go too far, but you gave it zero. You'll probably go farther now. (laughs) I gave it four. Wow. But I think it's probably this is when I watched it last night, and i I had a little bit of I had a little bit of downtime from it. You had. Uh, I'm gonna settle. To no, nope, I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna settle at three and a half because it is bad, and it's it's almost in a way annoyingly, unforgivingly bad. But I'll tell you this: this is maybe where we would, you know, I don't know if we'd disagree about this or not. It's like two hours. It really is like pretty close it, to it two. It is a little long. And for the first twenty minutes, I was at eight or nine. Yeah. For the next 20 minutes, I was at seven or eight. And and legitimately, the one thing I love about Netflix is you just hit the button and it just pauses the film and it tells you where you are in the runtime. There's no other way for right, me right, to easily right. do it on our TV. Um, it got to a point where I, I did this only one time. I paused it real quick just because I wanted to see how far left I had. And I was only 58 minutes in and I had another hour and four left. Right. Something like that. I had more than an hour left. I had more to go than and I'd already you, and seen. And you were like, oh my And I was God. like, holy <laughs> crap. Because it had started to it started to slide. And when it slid, it never could recover because it just made so many dumb decisions that weren't present in the first 20 or 40 minutes. The first 20 or 40 minutes for me were, I don't know how many people ever saw the James Caan, Mandy Patakin Alien Nation oh, yeah, film. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know you did. But, you know, everyone, I think, mostly remembers it as a TV show, which is really weird. It's like having people remember Dirty Dancing as a TV show. Right. Like, I'm like, no. Yeah, because oddly, the TV show got kind of popular. It did get popular. It got really weirdly popular on Fox. But it it was basically the setup of Alien Nation, but it looked like District 9. Right. And I loved it. I loved, I'm watching the first, like, three or four minutes, and I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. Then the next five or ten minutes, and I'm like, well, now hang on, because this looks like really good, interesting sci-fi stuff. I love the idea, because it bridges this thing of like magical realism. And it almost felt like a Guillermo del Toro script, where there are fairies and orcs right. in it the was, real world. It was, all, it was really And bonkers, one of the orcs yeah. joins the police force. And uh, you know, I, lo- I, I like the idea that Will Smith has to go out and appease his fiance or his wife, because there's a fairy in the bird feeder. And it's like a real annoying fairy. You know, I love that there are these things that just have to, uh, that have to be addressed and taken care of, let alone the fact that, um, <laughs> let alone the fact that this is the first orc in the United States anyway that's on a police force. And of course it gets paired up with Will Smith. You know, so right. and then you've got has, lethal weapon, been. lethal weapon hilarity. You know, uh, I got I a new partner, of, all this stuff. One of the things I thought was pretty good about the movie was that it did not start with them like on their first day. First together. day. Yeah, right, right. It kind of made a way for there to be a new first day together. Right. Which I thought but was. They yeah. had already been together and Will Smith was already, you know, had a whole other kind of annoyed about it. Right. Because right. he had already been stuck with him. Right. Yeah. Instead of just having the, you know, same old here, you're forced to work with this guy. We're meeting each other for yeah. the first time, whatever. So I thought it was pretty cool that it skipped past that. Yeah. Uh, and and I, went to another. Place. I thought, I seriously thought for the first, you know, 30 or 40 minutes when it's clear nobody wants this orc on their team, nobody wants to work with the orc. Nobody wants to, hell, nobody really wants to work with Will Smith's character, Ward, either. But I like the subtle, uh, subversive, you know, metaphors of this is the new racism. You know, it's right. very clear. It's not subtle there. 
you know, it's subtle in the way they deal with it, but it's very heavy handed the way they present it. And it's just, it's fun. You know, I was like, this is going to be <clears throat> like in a strange way, like being John Malkovich. Like I wasn't prepared for this kind of weird right. fun, right. but let's really have fun. And then they just screw it all up. <laughs> right. They right. have so many great things with and, elves and, and wands and, they, and the wands would make, I love the science of it. With they didn't know what to do with it. Yeah. They, this and, was like a, a really good idea where what you have, like what you pitch yeah. is I have this great, great idea for like the first 15 minutes. Yeah, right. And for maybe a very general arc mm -hmm. of what's going to happen. Yeah. But then, okay, now you've got like two weeks to write the whole thing. <laughs> right. And here's a bunch of oh, money. Right. And and they didn't, uh, I thought it it started, I did like the beginning pretty well. I really um, liked it. You know? I, I, I liked yeah. the beginning until all of a sudden all the stuff they did had to make sense in Go, a, a ever widening circle, thing, yeah, right, yeah. and none of it ever did. <laughs> right, they explain they they gave you the world uh, pretty well, but then they kept showing you more of the world, and so that you could keep going. Wait, that's not what the world would be like. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> and, right. And I was like, what? And then it just yeah. became really almost <laughs> like, um, you know, like a kid wrote it. Yeah, like it yeah. was. Hey, I want this to happen, or. Yep. You know, whatever, and I want to have these fights and shootouts, and right, you know, right. uh, Will Smith turns around and pops all these people yeah. really fast, and that'll be a neat scene. And then let's have what a great idea of that. Let's scene, have though. like driving yeah. Yeah. and yeah. being chased by the, you know, whatever, and and all of it ended up. The farther along you got, the more you just kept going. This cannot be a world that makes right, sense. Right. None of this makes any sense. If there are these wands, then this can't be what the rest of the world is like. Yeah. And if there's, you know, I don't know, if orcs have <laughs> this ability and elves have that ability, yeah, and right. then all of a sudden you go, but that's not what with the world some would look like. That with would a, make with, no sense. Yeah, with a bit of attentiveness and good story writing, that could be an interesting series. You know, that could be something really neat right. to play you with. You know, like the first half hour, you almost kind of think you're watching I a TV almost, series. I almost <laughs> texted you. I, I'm so glad I didn't, but I almost texted you after about 15 or 20 minutes in. And I, I mean, said, I was going to be like, show. hey, possible list maker, you know, and I'm glad I didn't. Cause then I could have saved myself be like worst of, but you know, but I was having so much fun with the idea and the, and the, uh, the mythology of the world, you know, I'm yeah. like, so what if aliens do land and they want to join our police force? All right, go with that. Right. What if we find orcs somewhere? And you know, it's like what you said though. It really feels like someone wrote 45 pages of a screenplay and then had a contest and some kid, yeah, to have some kid finished finish it, it yeah. you know. But it makes sense. This is the guy that directed Suicide Squad, right? Yeah. So he's talking to Will Smith, who's in Suicide Squad, right. and says, you know, I got this idea for my next thing. And Will's like, you know what? I kind of like that. I can see, I can see the angles. I'm, I'm assuming a lot, presuming what I, you know, imagine Will Smith is interested in. But between, you know, doing a Netflix film, which is kind of interesting, they're not, you know, they're not so many at this point that they're old hat. Uh, the racism angle, you know, all these things could play into him just saying, yeah, I'm on that. Let's do it. You know, let's get this done. I don't know that that was necessarily a mistake, but he should have read the script. Yeah, but you know? it's uh, it does have like a kind of a fun thing. And, uh, you know, the what became the worst part of it for me, yeah. uh, especially eventually, is that I, I was like, you know, we frequently do this where we make the movie better. Yeah. all the time right right and, and yeah. then we go if it had just done this then yeah. it would have been a really good movie and this one it was kind of a, I don't know surprising unusual thing but it i could have made this movie right yeah so bad that it was awesome it was like one step <laughs> right. away it was so wavering from being yeah. like so goofy <laughs> that it would be great right, right? Yeah. that it would be i could see that you know, all of a sudden it'd be like beastmaster uh, and, don't don't ever tell me beastmaster <laughs> isn't great i love and, beastmaster and then you yeah. and then you'd watch it all the time i would and there would be like parties of absolutely come over and watch it yep. and people would be buying the swag or absolutely whatever absolutely it was so close to that and like i said it for me, yeah. it managed to stay <laughs> That'd be great. okay and watchable because it didn't take itself too seriously. Yeah. But then every once in a while, it would right take it, right. So, especially like when the elf cops are there. Yeah, you're in like a whole other movie. It is, and a the different movie film. doesn't yeah. realize it. Right. Whenever you have these 
the the elf fed guy, right? Yeah. And and it just highlights the fact that none of it makes any sense right. because he's supposed to be the magic cop and he can't do anything. He's not doing anything. He's just waiting for. And, and, yeah. and what would he do right. if the person they've got the uh, you know fed agency on magic whatever? Right. But if they had been at the places where the bad people <laughs> with the magic were right. there, they wouldn't have anything right. to do. And yeah. Like, How can that make sense? Right. How that can that be no the? You better have a cop wand. You better have some fed wand. Yeah. 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 Anyway, it was weird, and uh, you know, it went a little, f- it, it went a little far, and then sort of not far enough on mm-hmm. this whole thing where we keep talking about the orcs two thousand years ago, yeah. making the wrong decisions and blah 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 blah. Right. Yeah. Because there are there are kind of two movies going on, and one of the movies seems like orcs and elves showed up like 50 years ago. Right, right. This and is the a relatively, other one keeps right. telling us that it that they've been around forever, Ever, right. for all through human history, yeah. and they don't make sense when you try and, try and stick them together. No. You know, it's, right. it doesn't work out. It, we, like, especially the one cop who really hates them. Yeah. In the one movie, it's weird enough that it's, he's the first orc right now. Right. That's a little weird anyway, right? Yeah. But then you have, and people don't like orcs and whatever. That's fine, I guess. But the one cop who's really the jerk about it, right? Yeah. That kind of almost doesn't make any sense either. Right. I'm like, well, but it's if it's been 2,000 years, it's been since... Right. There was no history or whatever, <laughs> yeah. whatever right? right? It's like what? Yeah. It's, you know, it it it's trying to make a lot of statements about racism, you know, slavery, like <clears throat> where yep. are you know different races now yeah. and how are they going to get somewhere else? But then at the same time it's going, well, but wait, what if it was like 2000 years right. instead of it believes there's a different or gravity 200 and or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, well, wait, I yeah. feel like maybe it'd be a little yeah. different. Right? <laughs> right. I don't think that, you know, in real history, right. Like a thousand years from now, right. We're going to be having the same problems. I mean, right. I'm right. thinking right. anyway, but well then there's dragons. So anyway, but uh, what but a weird it, one though. It is kind of a fun, screwy thing. It is. Even though I hated it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like, I like the the value and like the production of it for what was essentially like a streaming service. Like I like if if Netflix keeps doing things like this, then eventually they're going to hit something really major correct. And I don't think they're going to keep missing in this way, but I mean I didn't know when we sat down to do this you said, you know, people are talking about the sequels. I didn't even know there was a sequel on yes, online so it must be doing Netflix well enough is uh hmm. at least got it in some sort of works yeah or to some good, extent good for them because i think in some ways with a sequel you can fix some of the things that you've let slide this time you just can't have you know you can have will smith back if you want you just can't have uh david ayer like i don't think ayer is the guy to follow up his own work if you want to see it uh, expand into some other way. But but it certainly does leave enough um, on the table to sequelize stuff. It certainly has things... It doesn't end in such a finite way like, oh yeah, orcs are now beloved all across the uh, universe and... Uh, now Will Smith has superpowers. You know, it doesn't. It doesn't go that way. Yeah, I don't but, know. It just. Uh, it doesn't explain yeah. things to uh, an interesting degree. But man, getting know. to the end is is hard, especially after it started so good. But it is. It is a fair amount of fun. Yeah. All right. So uh, Darkest Hour. Let's jump over to okay. Darkest okay. Hour. Okay. Let me write Darkest this Hour is a weird one too because um, this it's. It's it's you know it got some word of mouth. People want to go see it. If you're into historical type things, then people right. are going to go see it. And then all of a sudden, there's like this weird like Dunkirk backlash that it got. Like, Probably like from people, people like are, you. People who... are overly comparing it to yeah. Dunkirk and going, "It's like Dunkirk, but the stupid version of the story." I think and I'm that like, what I think that's I think that's telling of just, just what the feeling of Dunkirk are, is for the awards right now. Yeah, yeah. There's just, a big backlash because, for it. Just because just uh, because it mentions it. 
Yeah, and it's historically like relevant, time you know, right, or something. Right. <laughs> I don't know. And it's uh, like, what are you going to do? Pretend that Dunkirk's not part of this story because right. Dunkirk came it was another out film, or whatever. right? Anyway, <laughs> so uh, Gary Oldman is Winston Churchill. Yep. And really, that's all you need to know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's uh, kind of right at that time uh, where he uh, takes over as as prime minister right. and the uh, craziness that ensues. Right. <laughs> and and uh, what's maybe surprising about the whole thing for people who are maybe not huge, uh, I guess, really, really interested in history. every bit of the history of yeah. it. Uh, what might be surprising is like how close it came to going a different direction. Yeah, <laughs> like the yeah. whole, the whole, uh, like basically England's whole stance. Yeah, and and to what extent it was really Winston Churchill involved in making sure that we went one way over another. So uh, that's, I mean, the basic story is you don't need any. <laughs> I guess like we talk about the trailers, right? Uh, sometimes the trailer gives you the movie you're getting, right? Because that's all it says. Yeah, <laughs> and and that's what you get. And it is, uh, as far as movies that have given you Winston Churchill, right? I yeah. don't know if there are many movies that have really just been him and his yeah, I don't think side so. of things, right? His yeah, you'd think experience been. of it. And there right. might be movies that include some of that. Yeah, uh, but this one is really like uh, this is really this is a deep dive into him and what's happening. Him and trying to uh, trying to uh, kind of juggle everyone on every side of things, including yeah, uh, you know, people in his party and the other party, the king, who right. is going to be making these decisions and why, and you know what's going on, and uh, Hitler is kind of breathing down mm-hmm. England's neck. All, yeah. And uh, they're oddly, I think, for a historical movie, they're oddly willing to kind of throw other people under the bus around him. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Say, and say, like, look, this guy wanted to just basically turn over England, <laughs> more yeah. or less, to Hitler. Right. Um, and usually... Movies will kind of, you know, soft pedal that kind of right, yeah. stuff. And, yeah. Not and, this one. And not make and yeah. not make him so... <laughs> wow. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, so before we go too much into it, um, I gave this one a nine. That's what I had. Uh, it was... <laughs> it, it needed just a little bit of something for me, and it's really hard to put my finger on it. But it was kind of like as I was watching it, I was really loving it. Mm-hmm. And this may have something to do with why people are talking more about Gary Oldman than the movie itself. Right. Because when I was watching it and he was on screen, man, I was loving everything, everything. that I was watching. When it ended, I was kind of like, okay, that's over. Yeah. And, and I still liked it and I still thought it was great and everything. But, you know, there just was, uh, and I have to admit that this could just be part of my. Uh, you know, war movies are not my thing. Yeah. Uh, movies that are about war. Movies that are like really deeply about politics, too, for the most part, are just kind of not my thing. They're a hard sell. Yeah. Um, and so maybe that had something to do with it when the movie ended. And I was like, well, okay. I mean, <laughs> it, yeah. was, it was really good while I was watching it. It was really fun. There were a few parts that I thought, uh, <laughs> you know, as I'm as I often say, there were a few parts where I kind of was like, if that's how it really was, change it for the movie. <laughs> right. Because, yeah. because that's boring or not interesting or or even don't say it at all or just don't include that in, in what you're doing. Right. Because there were a few parts that I thought kind of made it drag and were kind of like distracting See, from the overall uh, power of the other things we were doing. Right. And there were a few things where it was kind of... E- 
either or, right? Either d- don't do that at all or do more of it because if you just do this little bit of it, that's not getting it's anything. Not good. Yeah. Uh, that's not getting anyone anywhere. Yep. And and for me, one of those things was uh, him and his wife. Yes. Um, yep. I was, I'm like, you know, either give me more of his relationship at home yeah. or don't bother with it, right? It's like right. Uh, you're watching Batman <laughs> and, uh, and there's like one scene of Alfred. <laughs> right. And right. then he never appears again. Right. And you're yeah. like, well, I mean, what I have to see that for? Right. Just right? to make sure <laughs> just, I knew that there was an Alfred. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because everybody knew he and had a And it wa- kind of, it, it slowed things down, which is okay, and mm-hmm. kind of like took you into a different place, make him like a little more human or, you know, whatever, whatever it was. But I didn't feel like it actually had any payoff to it. It didn't really get anywhere. And, and, like when yeah. he has the secretary and he's yelling at her and yeah. and all that stuff, I was like, "See now, if you want to show just him, like, right. this is kind of cool." Right. But anyway, there were there were other parts that I thought it, I just didn't have that like next level to be ten. Kristen Scott Thomas is. It's good to see her again. I haven't seen her in forever. Like I literally, when I saw her on screen, I went, "Oh my god, has it been <laughs> since the English Patient? Yeah. Like how long has this been?" She's fine in it. All the actors are fine in what they're doing. None of them compare to what Gary Oldman does, which is amazing. Um, to to come off what you were just saying for a second, I I hundred percent agree. I gave it seven and a half because I felt I was at eight eight and a half. And then it just kept doing these wheel spinning things that were just like weirdly distracting. Yeah. The biggest thing for me, and it, and because you just brought it up, it's a good thing to play off, is those scenes with his wife are, for his character, necessary. I get it. You want to show that he's just not this gruff blob of a guy that just goes around barking at people. Because right. that's, in some ways, that is who Churchill was. But in other ways, it's absolutely not who he was. Right. So you got to validate him. You got to ground him in humanity. And what better way to do it than to do it in his house? I get it. Every single scene that he and his wife had, though I don't have a problem with the scene or what they did for the characters, it didn't just like slow things down. It really like felt like it was dropped in the absolute worst moment for the momentum that the scenes before it was making. Like every single time he has some scene with her, and again, neither of them, none of them are bad. I just felt like I was gearing up to a lot of, you know, real heavy talking and arguing and war and all these things. And now the brakes get put on and now we're back to like talking about flour or I can't pay my bills or all this right. stuff. And it just felt so weirdly detracting um, from all the momentum we had. The best part of the film for me is leading up to like once he becomes prime minister for the first you know few scenes after that but everything that's really like him managing these expectations everyone around him knows it's coming he's like well we'll see you know all that stuff is really interesting and it gives gary oldman more to do later he really just has to be like frustrated and and hurried you know which is not to say he's doing anything less He's so good in this. It's hard to imagine anyone else being above him and getting a nomination. Like it's weirdly right, like right. I'm not surprised by Gary Oldman's acting ability at all. Guy's been around forever and he's a stud every time. But there's something weird about this one. Like this this really does have despite its distractions, like a lot of power to it. It's really good. Yeah. Um and I it, love and, the and visuals it, like all those really, things. It's really oddly strong too in uh in selling you this story, um, one of the things that's always hard for me about like a war movie or mm-hmm. even the wrong kind of biopic uh, kind of movie. So now this one's both, right? Right. Uh, one of the things that's always hard for me is I know everything that's going to happen. Right. Now make me really interested in it. Right. And that is a tough thing to do. And yeah. the fact that Gary Oldman and the movie for the most part uh, can can get you to watch something that you know what's going to happen, right? It's mm-hmm. not like you're sitting there going, well, did the Germans win? Uh, right, I can't <laughs> wait did, to figure out how this did goes. They, did yeah. they give up or yeah. whatever? But even some of the more minutia part of it, you mm-hmm. probably know most of what's going on. Yeah. And, you know, if this had come out before Dunkirk, no one would have known about Dunkirk. Right, right. <laughs> but now you've seen Dunkirk, you know that's going to In some happen. ways that would have been brilliant because this would have set up Dunkirk to be more like right, emotionally right. like invested because you're like, oh my God, like how is this going to happen? But yeah, it's weird. It's, it's, so, it's so interesting as a war film because it really is, well, it's, I mean, a biopic, but it's really a war film that, there's really very little war shown. 
Right. They do a couple bombing runs. There's there's a couple things that I think sound good when you're pitching something or you're reading it, but I didn't think it played right. Like um, the the troops in Calais when they get the telegraph saying you guys are you know studs, but you're gonna die studs too. We're not gonna come get you. Like right. they're basically you're screwed. And you know the commander looks up through the sky. You see the stars. You see the planes. Then you see the bombs fall. And then later Churchill has that same kind of I'm looking up at the sky. You know, that's that all feels too forced. Like it was so natural and it just felt like we gotta make it look like this because then we're making a parallel. Get right. It? The screen and I'm like, I know what a parallel play, is. As good as it is, is just not really perfected yeah. in in like, you know, you compare this to something, um I, I don't wanna figure out a way to compare uh, every movie to Lady Bird for the, for the rest of the year, <laughs> Spoiler right? Spoiler alert. Yeah. But in Lady Bird, whether you know you like it or not or think it's the greatest movie or whatever, yeah. like I said, when, when we were talking about that movie, everything I watched, I knew why I was watching it. Yeah. And it made sense. And there was a reason. And right. it wasn't just, I want to show you at home with his wife for a while. Right. And, right. okay, now you've seen that. Now you know they have a home we'll move life. on to something else. Yeah. It, it, and this one is still good, and the movie's really, really good. But there are a lot of parts of it where, as I'm watching it, I wonder why I'm watching it. After I watch it, I still can't figure out why I had to watch it before. Right, yeah. It, and it, and it kind of never comes together. And, yeah. You know, that just wasn't the magic for me anyway. Some of the stuff that was really surprising was actually the human stuff between Churchill and... Um the woman with uh, Leighton, his, his secretary. Sec- his secretary, yeah. Like I, I, I worried that I wouldn't like those scenes, even though I could. Uh, you can tell by casting and how they're filming right. it. Like, oh, there's going to be a lot of these. How, how much the person's? Gonna I be really in it, right? wasn't sure I was going to like them after the first one, which was believable, but not, not bad in any way. Just like, oh, I've seen yeah. this a million times. And then later, when eventually, you know, like when he drags her into the map room, she's like, I'm not allowed in there, and he's yeah. like. Now you are. Really? Like, <laughs> do you remember who I am? Do you remember because who your boss is? Because I say <laughs> everything. Uh, I mean, it, you know, when he yeah, brings her was, in, that was, all that, that stuff. That was really cool. Like, and, and well, I was just going to say, in some ways, like. over into, like, when he's on the train. Right. The exactly. Because what it does yeah. is, it, in a way, it's more effective than his wife and his scenes with her humanizing him, being the human, like, validator with, with. Uh, with his secretary and then on the train because the train scene is awesome. And the fact yeah. that he had, he had you know, made notes about everything for later, like that was even more awesome. But to have him be humanized and to watch the effect of him being with them on the train, everyone is just kind of like blown away. Like, did you just see that yeah. shit? Like, oh my God. Like that stuff makes him as a character more compelling and then you feel more for him for all the things that he's fighting for, literally, you know, stopping Hitler which isn't a metaphor like he was really trying to put the boot to Hitler. But I liked so much of it in the same way. I mean, I know you weren't wild about Dunkirk, but I liked how, you know, in in this way, we didn't really see any army. And in Dunkirk, we never really saw the enemy except a couple of times. Like, right, I just thought right. it was a really interesting way to try to tell a story that, like you said, I could just yawn over. I've seen right, war right. movies before. Like, don't do that anymore. And this and one I, did and it. I've seen like 50 World War II movies. And I've seen, so right. I know every But there's something the difference between yeah, like yeah. there's just some weird thing there that just spun its wheels a little too much for me and almost paid so much mutual attention to everything on the table instead of really focusing on a couple things. Right. Which I think would have been more interesting. Instead and that, of and that kind of dilution just makes yeah. it so that there are right. things that you're watching that ultimately you're not really watching for any reason right. except our story is that it gives you it gives more, you more yeah. well-rounded it, him but it but still it has to be a story yeah. and it didn't it, you know it had parts that were not great and speaking of uh that that trip on the bus right with yeah. the uh, people that was a really great scene and uh for me that was a scene where i think Gary Oldman just you know, starts walking up the stage right. with that scene. Because right. when you can be Winston Churchill, yeah. you know, a lot of people could play Winston Churchill and a lot of people have. Yeah. And a lot of people can be Winston Churchill uh, trying to become prime minister, trying to dance around yeah. uh, the king while not at all dancing around <laughs> the king. Yeah. And uh, being who he was and everything. But to go and be the guy he was on that, like, right subway or bus yeah. or whatever yep. uh he was on with those people and and deliver exactly how winston churchill would do that yeah 
right. and be that guy. That was crazy. Yeah. That was really, really yep. good. To be able to um, to be able to have, and I guess uh, to a certain extent, it makes uh, some sense with the scenes in his wife. But to be able to be all of the different Winston Churchills, right, right, <laughs> and and really be convincing that this is how he would be different in this situation and stuff, yeah. and you you believe that he's right. exactly that guy, right. That's hard to do, and it gives and it gives a fun thing because I think when people think of Winston Churchill at a certain age, they don't realize you know all this stuff. I think what they realize that he ever the, had a different age, right, right, right. <laughs> that I think they realize that he was just a walking funny guy who quipped memes forever. Right, right, like I right. think that's what they think. And what's interesting is like like you said that that transportation thing when he's in the subway. Like he immediately realizes, like all the eyes are on me. Let's let's just be a little funny, right. and they are so let's receptive because partially it, right. they're afraid, but also they're like, "Oh, you you are prime minister, but you're actually kind of just like us, right?" right? And he right. made them he made them genuinely feel that way, and that was like one of his greatest strengths. And then he parlayed that into a great strength, right? You know, and, I mean, it's and, like an important thing to see, and I'm glad they didn't do it too early. Like, cause then it, it yeah, doesn't, it's not true, effective yeah. then. It's only effective when he's really in trouble later. Yeah. Right. So it's great. All right. Uh, we got to get on to the post hopefully pretty quickly. Oh, um, so darkest hour, uh, go see that. I had a black, <laughs> you know, it's two, it's two hours and five minutes long if you believe it. And I, I was so psyched about an hour and 40 minutes of it. It's been a while since we said it should be a little shorter, but I feel right. like if there was just maybe not shorter, just re- you know, put certain scenes in different order. I think it would just be so much better for me in a way. But yeah. I, I it's think, a really high seven I, I and a half. For me. I think we could have taken about fifteen minutes out of it. I think there are a couple yeah. of scenes that could have been a little shorter, and I think there are a couple of scenes we could have just not had, and it would have been okay. Yeah. Or, or give the like very quick. I think there are some scenes that we could have just talked about them having happened real quick. One quick thing. <laughs> one quick thing. The whole movie seems to work towards the end where he gives this speech that's really like rabble rousing and gets everybody behind him and everyone who's against him is like, how the hell did he do that? Right. I didn't think that speech worked. No, I didn't think that the whole movie, the whole movie pushes, the whole movie pushes for this one speech to work and deliver. And I'm not trying to sound ignorant or flippant. I, I legitimately mean this. Bill Pullman in Independence Day delivers a more affecting speech <laughs> right. than this. It's so weird. They set this up to be this thing, and I can't tell what went wrong. It's like it almost was too blah, 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 blah after a lot of blah, 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 blah. Right. Like <laughs> right. Gary Oldman's still great, and the scene is technically like nothing wrong with it. They didn't light it wrong or film right. it wrong, but man, it's just so weirdly I ineffective. Don't, I don't think what the movie does, I, I'll bet you, and you know, I could be wrong. That's fine. But I bet you that that whole scene works better if you're in England watching the movie. I bet. Because yes. I, what I don't think the movie did, and the movie doesn't have to do it either, but what right. I don't think the movie did was kind of give you what it's like to be talking in Parliament as right. much as it thinks it did. Right. Because it right. shows it a bunch of times. And so it goes, see, now you know what it's like. Yeah. If you are English and grow up in England and right. live in England. That's a good point. Uh, you've seen it a lot and you know right. how it works yeah. and you know that people say like three or four words and everyone goes, rah, 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 on the other side and all this stuff. And it's kind of like what it means to be giving a good speech to parliament is different than what it means to be giving a good speech to the people, to your troops who have to now go charge the enemy or whatever. And it is a very different, weird thing. Yeah, Um, that's true. And I don't think that the movie really sold that as, and I think it thinks it did. I think, yeah, maybe I think you're right. Maybe it's a cultural thing that it uh, convinced you yeah. of, of what this is like and why this is such yeah, a good speech. That's, that's probably true. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that's our two cents so, on that. The post. All right, the post. I mean, we're flying through uh, stuff. No, not really. We should <laughs> we should have got at least one more in, and we're barely yeah. going to cover the post. Uh, the post is uh, the movie with everyone. Right. <laughs> Right. Tom Hanks is in it, and it is about, and it's uh, Steven Spielberg. Yep. It's about basically uh, the the Post, the Washington Post, <laughs> the, yeah, the, doing the Washington the Post, yeah, uh, releasing a bunch of secret military documents, 
right. in their articles. And to a lesser extent, it's actually also about uh, the New York Times and yeah. the the articles that are the exact same thing mm-hmm. that they started writing and which it, it's such a weird, like perfect storm yeah. uh, of this happening because the New York Times uh, basically like scooped the post and right. got some got a bunch of these pages that someone leaked, whatever. Um, and the New York Times started putting out this information and uh, Nixon and the Supreme Court right. uh, like put the kibosh on that and and then it was the Washington Post and do I or don't I uh, right. put something out because I'm not the person or paper that specifically was right. told that I can't. Yeah. Whatever. And it's all, you know, it's all very complicated. And it all also comes down to um, this whole issue of Meryl Streep being the person who owns the post basically only because her husband died. Right. And uh, her father started the Washington Post. And when he died, put her husband in charge right. because, you know, men. Men. Right. Men. Uh, and then he died and now she's in charge. And it's this whole, you get this whole story of like the boys club and the woman trying to prove herself. And, yeah. And no one thinks she could do it. And what I think is a little weird that only sideways kind of comes out in the story is so Tom Hanks is the editor mm-hmm. and he's trying to tell her what to do because that's what men are supposed to do sure. uh, when women are in charge. Um, but what doesn't completely come through, I think, even though maybe kind of it does, um, is that if she had been a man, like the right. theory is, or at least Tom Hanks's character's theory, mm-hmm. is that if she had been a man or had been her husband, Tom Hanks wouldn't have had to try. He, right. he, he would have just, have just said, said publish this right. and he'd have done it. Right. And because he would be in such a different position in the universe yeah. because he's not a woman. And, you know, anyway. Right. Um, but so it's all just uh, trying to find the story, trying to get the story. Do we publish the story? Will this uh, end the paper? Will we all right. go to jail? <laughs> right. You know, on and on and on. And yeah. Uh, and and it's got it's got like everyone in this movie. It really does have everyone. <laughs> and, uh, and you know the odds stand out for me. Not that I'm just I'll give my rating and not just completely review it. But the odds stand out for me is Bob Odenkirk, who did yeah. not have a very big role no. at all uh, in the midst of all these people. But it was so weird for me watching this movie. That to me, he really kind of stood out. Yeah, he did. In the middle of all of the other everybody great else. actors yeah. that everybody knows and and loves, and if they do it, then they have to get nominated for right. an award. Um, but I'll t- but at the end of the day, I gave this one a seven. Yeah, uh, it yep. was it was really good. Was half point off, but it was also really kind of ultimately boring. Yeah. There was a lot of this movie that I was really bored with, and a lot of it felt like it was written by like a computer program <laughs> that writes screenplays to get nominated for awards. Right. It's got some algorithm that it's goes. It's the Mad Libs. If you want to get nominated, yep. this has to happen, then this has to happen, yep. and uh, let's try and make that work with the reality of the situation yeah. and plug in things into the right points. And then, boom, you'll get an Oscar nomination. And, yeah. and as much as this is a really, really interesting story, this is uh, kind of weird to do both these movies back-to-back, right? Because, it is. Because this, for me, is a way more interesting story yep. <clears throat> than just walking alongside Winston Churchill right. uh, as he goes through some stuff that we all know about anyway. Right. This is a way more interesting story, but there's just something about the way that it's telling it that it's trying to have so many themes. Mm-hmm. It's trying to cover like so many bases of 
this point in time is the ultimate lesson for everything, you know, that it's like, it's trying to turn this story into something that's like in the Bible or (laughs) what Aesop's fables or something. It's like, you can learn everything, everything I ever needed to know. I learned watching the post or whatever. It's just trying to be every story and every theme and every lesson you ever need and it just it just like kind of sucked a lot of the life out of it for me so anyway i give it a seven i give it a seven and there's not there's not much there's not much difference there except i think you know in the detail for me it's man there's there's so rarely a contemporary film that addresses something that's happening right now especially especially by somebody who's you know, usually very slow could, and meticulous about this stuff. I could see, I could see the argument for giving this extra point just for it's so. Being it's right so now. weird that you know, with all the stuff, you know, not even taking aside politically, but all the stuff going on with the executive branch and the press. You know, whether this is fake news or you're threatening to take someone's you know broadcast license away. So that whole foundation is like an important story to tell right now. And I get right, Spielberg's right. like right now, but if we're going to do that, let's also tell like you said a story about a woman because this woman has been not necessarily subjected to, you know, sexual harassment in the workplace. She owns the paper, but in a weird way, she's sexually harassed because she absolutely owns the paper in a time where women didn't have that ability. So we're going to wrestle with all these things and, and pull back the rock and show the light on these as well. It's got too many things that are contemporarily pulling its attention and sometimes it's always out of focus you right, know right. when it is in focus when when spielberg is really in charge of what's happening the movie rests and settles down and is real powerful and impactful um i love the scene where tom hanks goes to her birthday party and you know it's in the, all the trailers where she's like do you have the papers and he's like not yet right, but i'm right. i'm about to have them what are we going to do when he sits down and talks about um john f kennedy and jackie and has this really interesting kind of semi-monologue like that's a great part of the film and that feels very spielbergian to me but nothing comes alive in the movie the way spielberg does when they finally go to press like that feels like all the spielberg you know action films to me at once that's like jurassic park like the guy's sitting there and they run the press and the guy's cup on his desk is shaking like that's t-rex is coming you know and the sound that the monster of this press makes is this metaphor for how important a beast it is like all these things work perfectly in these moments but it's so weird that it's uneven in others you're not watching that the whole time right right and you have to wait a long time to get those payoffs meryl streep is great you know she's very she's very subtle and reserved but steadfast you know privately but publicly she still realizes that i'm a woman with this company and and they're trying to go public there's all these things that are happening in this one weird week of life which is every week if you're a reporter like this is like bad remember last week we had the pentagon papers (sighs) tom hanks is reliably great you know bob odenkirk is really good it's so weird that that guy as an actor with no disrespect meant to him at all, the attention he's getting for his performance in this film, surrounded by sharks, right. that should right. be like lifetime achievement. Because he's like, I'm standing out with all these other people. Like I must have done pretty good, you know. <laughs> it's it's so interesting for me to have watched it with every star imaginable, you know, and not be distracted by like, oh, there's David Cross, you know, right. oh, there's so and so. Like I never once felt that way, but it was it was in some weird way not like a Spielberg film. Like you could you could argue that his animated warhorse film was bad and you know you didn't like AI. Like usually he's pretty reliable. Right. This was a weird one. It, it the, felt this very one actually, it felt very actually flimsy. Now, that, now that you bring that up, like this one did actually kind of remind me in its construction and delivery right. of Warhorse. Didn't it? Because it, that's that's like, what I felt like when I watched it. It, it seemed to me like this was a movie being made by someone who who is thinking to themselves the whole time this story is good enough right i don't i don't really right. have to try and you yeah. know use my movie magic right. skills sure. to right. do anything with it because yeah. all i have to do is tell the story tell the and story. then i'm done and 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 that is boring and right. that is what i felt like watching a lot of the movie it's it's a weirdly subdued all the president's men when you think about the running time is a little less 
and technology and all these things. It's just the focus on things like all the president's men or any political thriller, you know, it, it's just so accelerated. Right. And this just feels like it's happy to just idle sometimes. And I think that's because he feels indebted to tell Kay Graham's story about like how she felt personally. And I get that because that actually informs and, and, her decision and, and later we, to we say, have yeah, to, we have to look at her a lot surrounded by men. Right. Right. And I get it. And, and it, it's, that's okay. It, but at some point, uh, when you're doing these things, it's like, you're just doing them to do them. Right. And not because it is actually getting to a certain point yeah. or, or, uh, it, you know, it's just, it's like putting up a sign. It's just like yeah. having certain signs uh, if, flash on the screen. If know? somebody were to watch this movie and then immediately watch Spotlight, it doesn't have to be all the president's men. You'd see the difference. Spotlight focuses on the story and illuminates the characters through that. Right. This focuses on the characters and is just like in the background, by the way, we got to decide about this Pentagon thing. <laughs> right. And I think that's a bit of a mistake, even though... I respect that maybe Spielberg thinks that's more interesting. And I, and, and that's okay. And I, I like Spotlight better. I did too. Uh, but not that much, actually. I mean, I, I like Spotlight I better, but I think that Spotlight had uh, the problems that I had with Spotlight. Yeah, I this. this one just had those problems more. more. Yeah. And, and just was, it was so wrapped up in its own story. Mm -hmm. it, it's like a guy who... Uh, you know, tells a joke that he thinks is really funny and that no one laughs. <laughs> right. But but he right. is just going, look, man, this joke look, this is, is awesome. funny. Like, yeah. This, this story's right. great. You should know this story, but that yeah. doesn't mean that you're telling it well yeah. or that you're making it, you know, interesting. Like you have, you can't just say, look, if somebody read this, it would be very interesting. Yeah. Therefore, whatever movie I make mm -hmm. will be very interesting because yeah. it's an interesting story. And I do have to say we're uh, we're really running out of time. But uh, for me, and maybe this is you know something we should weigh in on uh, sometimes. For me, Tom Hanks and Meryl Streep don't really deserve it for this movie. I don't think that they deserve. Um, you know, maybe nomination. I don't know, but they, I don't think they deserve to win. Uh, Tom Hanks is good, but this for me is just, uh, Tom Hanks was in a movie, so he gets nominated. I mean, he was good, but did he do anything that was great? I didn't really feel like he did. And Meryl Streep, frankly, even less so. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that she, she was good. She was really, really good. Right. But does that mean that you get nominated? First of all, I don't think that she was doing anything that was particularly difficult to do. Right. I don't think she had a character to play uh, or got the opportunity to deliver that character in a way that was really hard. Right. Uh, it, right. It, it wasn't like, uh, you know, I, th I think if you're talking about best actor and actress and, and things like that in movies and nominations and awards, I feel like it's got to be kind of like diving. And not yeah. like, uh, or a gymnastics thing where like the degree of difficulty sprint. is very high. Right. <laughs> right. And, yeah. And, uh, you know, like, did she nail this? Maybe she did, but it's, you know, like a one difficulty or, yeah. you know, whatever right. it is. Like, <laughs> right. there's no bonus multiplier for this being right. something that anyone, uh, anyone could do this. Part of that, part of the reason that that is the way it is too is the script. You know, the script, if it had, if it had dived deeper into their personal relationship and if there was or wasn't any animus or and, difficulty. And if it would have been, but if the things that they had to do, uh, if they would have done more of it, like, like you just said, but if they'd have done more of it, but if it would have been broader, right. if it would have right. not been, you know, every next time we see her, we're just seeing her do Always the same do thing. Always do the same thing. Right. Except, and there's one scene uh. where she gets away with it where they're, they're all at her house and she's in her nightgown right before she goes up to bed and she finally like realizes, I've got a spine and I'm going to tell you I'm the boss. Right. Shut up. Right. Sit there and let me talk. You're like, that moment, it isn't even earned but it's believable. Right. Like we didn't go through all the frustration of these things and see her boiling over and these confessions that she made with her, uh, her confidant who isn't Tom Hanks. It's the lawyer, uh, Frank. Um, you know, there are things there that set that up and I believe it later, but yeah, I mean, I, I would never say Meryl streeped the hell out of Meryl Streep here. You know, she wasn't <laughs> right. Meryling the hell out of things. She just, she didn't have a ton to do. It's great that she's in it because it brings a gravity to it. But I've seen Tom Hanks, you know, 
act circles around this performance. But again, I'm with you. These aren't bad performances by any means. No, no, they're they're good. not nomination worthy. Right. You that's, know. Uh, yeah, that's what I. Think. You're in a big. You're in a big contemporary newsworthy film by one of the best filmmakers of all time. That's where your nomination's coming from, not right. your performance. Right. So. All right. Anyway, so uh, worth seeing uh, though. Like I would tell somebody to go see oh, the post. Oh yeah, definitely. Because even though I'm at seven, seven and a half. I still think like, yeah, it, it, it's a Steven Spielberg film. It's a breeze, you know, and, and it's a very fast two hour film right. to me, but still the payoffs come a little too late, but yeah. still worth seeing. All right. Uh, <clears throat> we've gone way over and I'm, yeah. I think I'm starting to lose my voice You're dying. at this point, but um, next week, I'm not even sure what we'll do, but it will be a whole bunch of, bunch of more stuff. catching up. I'm yeah. sure. So yeah. uh, you're going to want to see that. And I'm thinking probably like two to three weeks out, we're going to have to start doing lists before Maybe. It, it gets too late. So yeah, cool. So uh, thanks for tuning in and uh, we will uh, see you next week. Thanks. Yeah. Bye. Hey listeners on behalf of myself and Shane Leonard, we want to thank you for tuning in once again. The Are You Screening podcast is brought to you by AreYouScreening.com and a lot of wonderful people who help us out. Surf over to AreYouScreening.Podbean.com or AreYouScreening.com to find out how you can become one of them. All music used in our podcast is courtesy Andrew Lord. Once again, please, please, please subscribe, rate us on iTunes, review us on iTunes, and otherwise trick your friends into listening to us. Good night.